Hi there, this is Alana Terry, and you're listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. Today's episode is a snippet from my course on creativity for authors. This dives deep into the ways that you can become more creatively free, the ways that you can bring creativity even into the business and marketing sides of your writing, and ways to keep your creativity and your muse encouraged even as you become more professional and more prolific. And it is available for sale at courses.alanaterry.com slash creative. I hope that you enjoy this little teaser from the course and we'll talk to you soon. So this might be considered an interesting topic to some. I'm willing to spend a little bit of time talking to you today about being a diva or the fear of being considered a diva. If you don't like the word diva, go ahead and throw in whatever word like is the closest in connotation in your mind. But on the topic of feeling like you know, we need to make ourselves small, like we don't have the freedom to be totally out there or even like that it's wrong or sinful to put ourselves out there because how prideful do you have to be in order to do that kind of thing? These are all things that can hold us back from being more successful and from being more creative. And a lot of that can be summed up in the fear of like, I don't want to be seen as a diva. I've gone through this in my life. There are times where I've been afraid that I come across like a diva, or I've actually deliberately sabotaged my creativity and my creative nourishment, my creative health in order to not be seen as a diva, which is almost worse if you look at it in a certain way. So for example, I talked before about like needing a window in my office. And like I said before, I could teach myself how to write in a room without a window, but it would take so much energy. It truly would. I don't like it about myself. I wish that I could be more of a, I can write anywhere because words are words, but I know that I'm not. And I get embarrassed. Like I said, we've moved a lot and I get embarrassed to tell my husband, this is the room that I need. I cannot write in that room <laughs> or this is not going to be a house that's going to work for us because this space, it would become my office, doesn't have the right layout. I get scared to kind of put things in terms of this is what I need for my creativity, but it's really important that we learn how to do so. I learned how to do that with my office. There were other things that feel like they shouldn't be a big deal, but they are. I live really, really rural and it takes us three or four hours to drive in and get groceries. And we used to do that on Mondays because that was the most convenient day for my husband to take off work and to all go in. But what I found was that if we went in on Monday, so I lost, you know, I lost a workday Monday, which is fine. But then like, it wasn't until like Wednesday evening that I started to feel rested because <laughs> those trips are so long. They're such long days. So Tuesday was like a 75% wash of a day. Wednesday was a 50% wash of a day. And I had to learn to say, you know what, going into town for groceries on Mondays no longer works for me. Let's switch it to Fridays. Now, if I could have had my druthers, I would have changed my constitution. I would have made myself the kind of person who could drive four hours, spend hours shopping, drive back four hours, haul everything into the house, put everything away, go to sleep and wake up the next morning, ready to jump into work. But I know that my creativity doesn't work that way. 
it's hard, especially when you've been trained to be more demure, to state what you need for the sake of your creativity. So to encourage you on ways to kind of get used to standing up for your creativity, I encourage you to think about your creativity again as someone separate from yourself. As a mom, it's way easier for me to stand up for my kids than to stand up for myself. That's an example. So I might not be willing to go to bat for me, but I'm willing to make myself uncomfortable if it truly is what my creativity needs. So I would encourage you to start thinking about what is non-negotiable for you and your creativity. One of my non-negotiables is my office is going to have a window and it's going to have good lighting. That's a non-negotiable right now. I would encourage you to think about things that are non-negotiables for you. It could be regarding your physical settings. It could be regarding your schedule, right? I do not volunteer at my children's school before noon, right? Certain um, schedule things. If you know that your morning needs to start well for the rest of your day to be productive and creative, it's way easier to work with what you already know than to try to change your constitution, right? Sometimes, yeah, sure, maybe we can work on changing it. Like right now, I am recording this in the evening, my husband's home, watching sitcoms in the other room. I can hear the laugh track. Maybe sometimes even you can hear the laugh track. It's okay for video. It can be a little bit frustrating for writing, but I, I know that I can only like control this little area that I'm in, right? Like I'm not going to impose this on other people unrealistically. Like sometimes I do ask him to turn the volume down, but not to an unreasonable level. So I, I'm not saying that we just go and make demands and expect the entire world to bow to us. And sometimes we do need to work on changing our constitution. Every every night I come in here and there's a laugh track on in the background. I am learning and training myself to work with a little bit more background noise. So some of it does turn into a pick your battles. Some of it turns into the, like you always want respect for those around you. So it's totally fine to say here in this space, this is what I'm going to do. It's not appropriate to like call your neighbor at one in the afternoon because they're mowing their lawn and it's allowed and keeping you from writing, right? Sometimes we do need to be respectful. We need to be kind, neighborly, all these things. But there are certain things that we can do to stand up for our creativity and to let those around us know what we need. So that's what I would encourage you to think of is like one or two non-negotiables that you're going to set up as your boundaries to protect your creative energy. So again, we talked about it maybe being your physical space. So a really good one is if you write at home and you have kids at home and your kids are of an old enough age that they learn to not open the door. <laughs> when you're working. Okay. If you've got toddlers, that's not going to be practical. <laughs> and so maybe your non-negotiable is you are in your room for nap time, you know, at one o'clock, whether you're tired or not, whatever it is, you know, everybody needs to work with their own situation and what, you know, what you need. But these are just examples of non-negotiables. It can be more about schedule, right? Saturday mornings is when I go and work, right? I'm not saying me personally, I'm just saying that's an example of a non-negotiable that you can have in that way. When someone asks you to do something on Saturday, you don't need to worry about letting them down. Basically, you state, sorry, this is work time for me, or my policy is that I don't do this. And that allows you to shift the blame on something besides yourself, right? My policy is that I don't, you know, I don't... Um, edit my friends' novels for free. It's just, it's not a good use of time. Again, this is just a hypothetical example, but think about 
one or two boundaries that you could establish that protect your creative energy that don't feel so far out there that you feel like a totally selfish person and make sure that you're not being totally selfish. Most of us, I'm going to assume, are not going to have that problem. Most of us are going to try to be so accommodating to everybody else, right, that we actually need to stretch your boundaries a little further. But, you know, maybe you do need to recognize, okay, I can't control um, the noise level of the traffic across the road. So I'm just going to let that go. Right. Some, sometimes we do need to become less selfish, but again, for most of us, I'm going to assume that the harder thing that we have is speaking up for our creativity because it feels so nebulous, right? It's not like I need you to cook me a low salt diet or I might die. Right. That's an accommodation that makes total sense for us to ask of somebody who loves us, but to say, I need you to have the volume down for two hours every evening because my creativity is unable to handle noise. That's harder to ask for because it doesn't feel like it should be an issue. So again, this is just to get you practice setting those boundaries. So I would like you to think of your one or two non-negotiables to protect your creative energy. And not only does it you know, help you in the practical way, but it also helps remind you that your creativity is something important that needs to be nurtured, that needs to have someone stand up for it. And basically, you're the only one who can stand up for your creativity. So this is a good way to get into that habit now. All right. I hope you enjoyed that teaser from our course on creativity from authors. If you want to grab the course, you can get that at courses.alanaterry.com slash creative. This gives you four weeks full of videos similar to this, as well as journal prompts and exercises, designs to help inspire your creativity, a forum so that you can connect with other students attempting to bring more creativity into their lives or to make sure their creativity is performing at peak health and peak capacity. Again, that's at courses.alanaterry.com slash creative. Thanks again for joining me and we will talk to you next time.